you, Lord Jesus. And God, I just thank you for each one that's here this morning, Lord. As we gather here, I just pray that your name would be glorified, Lord, that um, you would be worshipped in our midst, Lord Jesus. God, we want to praise you and thank you. Um, Thank you for each one that's here this morning. And um, Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for the cross. Sing together.
have to think about what God is in my life. What do I bow the knee to every week? What is, what is my focus on? I heard uh, a guy say a couple of weeks ago that politics in the, yeah, you can be seated. Politics in the United States have become a religion. It's become so engrossing that to, to, uh, to some people it's become so engrossing it's a religion to them. They don't want to accept God. They don't want to understand there is a God, but re- their religion has become politics. I question my own self sometimes. How much do I allow some of those things to become idols or gods in my life rather than the one God? This song says, um, forever he will be. That's the one I want to worship, the one that Amen. is forever. He is always upon the throne. And I should gladly bow my knee before him, the one God who is always there, and worship only him. It's just a challenge to me.
shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. made me think so much of how heaven will be like there was just you know maybe a thousand but imagine millions and millions and millions and how small my voice seemed in such a big crowd and yet how it was like we were just all singing together and it made such a beautiful sound and in heaven will be perfectly on key every time we won't get um, winded or you know we'll just be able to just sing and worship God forever. And yeah, I think it gives us a little taste of that when we're with so many people. Without the lawn chairs. You never. <laughs> I don't think we'll have lawn chairs in heaven. <laughs> won't need lawn chairs. We can just Stand sit in open air, right? <laughs> Stand all day. I love the message of this next song. Um, By faith, we see the hand of God. In the light of creation's grand design, in the lives of those who prove his faithfulness, who walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith, amen? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Or how does that go? Faith is the substance of things not seen, the evidence of things hoped for. Yes. Let's all sing together.
Take a moment and pray for the Morgan family. I think they were here uh, two Sundays ago, was it? Mm-hmm. And uh, we weren't here, but we were able to uh, meet with them at friend's house, at some friend's house, and uh, hear their testimony. And they're going out and singing that verse by faith. The church was called to go in the power of the Spirit to the lost, to deliver captives and to preach good news in every corner of the earth. And it's amazing how many corners of the earth so to speak, that the gospel has not been heard. And uh, here's this young couple who has felt the call to go, and they're going. So um, let's all stand, because we're going to all stand for the last song anyways. And let's just take a moment as a body, just lift them up. Lord God, we lift up uh, David and Nicole Morgan to you, Lord. Thank you, God, for the burden that you've placed on their hearts, Lord. And and God, the least uh, we can do is lift them up before the throne of grace and ask that you would meet their needs, that you would equip them, not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally, Lord. And God, um, they're going out on a battlefront, a place where darkness has a hold, and they're going to be a light to share the love of Jesus and the light of the gospel. And I just pray, Lord, that you would make a way for them. Yes. God, that, um, that they would uh, just be saturated in your word. God, your word says... My word's a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And Lord, I pray that would be a reality in their lives. Lord, protect them as a family, Lord. Protect them and give them grace, um, Lord, as they walk in the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Well, all right then, I guess I'm on a little bit quicker than what I thought I was going to be. You want to listen to the songs? You want to come up here and sing a song for us? Oh, you're going to? What what are you going to sing? What do you want to sing? Hmm? You want to sing King of the Jungle? Well, I don't think I know how to sing that one. You want to sing a song with Dad? What do you want to sing? All right, you play the guitar with me, and we're going to sing God's Not Dead, and everybody's going to help us. 
God's not dead, no, he is alive. God's not dead, no, he is alive. God's not dead, no, he is alive. I feel him in my hands, feel him in my feet, feel him in my heart, feel him in my soul, feel him all over me. God's not dead, no, he is alive. God's not dead, no, he is alive. God's not dead, no, he is alive. I feel him in my hands, feel him in my feet, feel him in my heart, feel him in my soul, Woo! feel him all over me. Did you like that one? All right. Good job. Thank you, Caden. All right. Well, it's obviously going to be a little bit of a different service today than what we normally have, being Father's Day. Um, We are uh, not going to have our normal uh, fellowship meal after the service to give a chance for us as families to uh, celebrate fathers. And... uh, What we are going to have is, in in a minute or two here, we're going to have a little bit of a break and some snacks and coffee, tea, water is in the the back there. We'll have a little bit of time of fellowship like that. And uh, then we'll come back and instead of our normal uh, sermon, if you will, we'll be sharing a little bit on fathers and uh, to the fathers. Phil will be sharing a little bit. And we want to take a little bit of a, a different approach than what you might normally have on, on Father's Day. Um, often it's, you have testimonies of, you know, thanking your father and that type of thing, which is good, and we do want that too. We're going to give a chance for anybody to, to share and, and give thanks to their fathers. But we also want to hear from the fathers and what... It means to you to be a father and how that has affected your relationship with your father and with your father in heaven. So fathers in particular be be thinking about that. And, uh, you know, for for me, and I'll I'll, I'll share a little bit now and then, and then Phil will... uh, share after the break. Um, for me, this this year on Father's Day is uh, the first year of my life without my earthly father. And there's an aspect of that, that that's, that is really tough. There's, I'm not, uh, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm not able to call up my dad and, and wish him a happy Father's Day. And uh, there is an aspect of that that, that, does, that does bring pain. And, and uh, you know, there are others of you here that I'm, I'm sure don't, don't have your fathers either. But you know, one thing I, uh, you know, it's made me think more about me being a father, more about life being uh, very brief, if you will. But yet... You know, our Father in Heaven is 
constant. And, and that part doesn't change. Now, I, I didn't bring my phone or my Bible up here with me. Phil, can you uh, open Psalm 103? And um, there's some verses Well, it talks about uh, the compassion of the Lord. I can, uh, yeah, I can read them to you. But uh, thank you. You're going to smell the flowers? All right, you smell them. You tell me if they smell good. Uh, Psalm 103, and where was I going to start here? Talking about the mercies of the Lord, a Psalm of David here. And get a uh, live version of what it's like for me to be a father. (laughs) Psalm 103, verse 13, Phil has this one underlined in his Bible. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. You want to help me read? Yep, there are big flowers in there. You want to help dad read? Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those that fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over and it is no more, and the place acknowledges it no longer. But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those that fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and who remember his precepts to do them. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And and that is one of the things that I've really learned a lot about and am continuing to learn is compassion. And I know how that is uh, in my heart as a father, and I think how much more that that is our Father in Heaven's heart towards us. And uh, that, that to me is just is such a blessing to um, remember that even if, you know, if you have your earthly father, if you don't, if you don't have a relationship with your earthly father, Whatever the case, you know, you have a, a heavenly father that, that far outshines what any earthly father uh, could possibly do. We as, we as earthly fathers, we want to be a, a reflection of, of our heavenly father. And I just want to encourage each, each one of you, fathers and children, all of us fall into... Uh, at least one of those categories. Um, in my reflections of, of not having my father here with me this year, not being able to call him, um, I reflected on the relationship that I had with him for nearly 43 years. And I'm so thankful that I, that I can say we... We had a good relationship. There was never any, you know, even in 
my teenage years, if you will, uh, there was not ever really any serious strain, if you will. We, we for the most part, had, had a good relationship. And, and uh, even in, in my mid and later teens, I, I considered my dad to be one of my best friends. And you know that? As I've found out going to, you know, youth camps and Bible schools and stuff like that, found out that that, that actually wasn't really cool. That didn't, that didn't put me in a cool crowd having my dad as my friend. But you know what, guys? Uh, young kids, whatever. Um, I don't see too many young guys here, so I guess I'll talk to the B-boys this morning. It's cool being your dad's friend. Don't ever think that that's not cool. Value your relationships, boys and girls, with your dad. And those older ones, even those of us that are dads, value that relationship with your father. If it's growing cold, do what you can to rekindle that. And that'll be a huge blessing in your life because, you know, one day your father, your earthly father, will no longer be here and you're going to want to be able to look back with no regrets. And uh, I'm thankful to say that, that I can do that by the grace of God and that is a huge blessing to me, so. Just a few of my observations and uh, my thoughts on Father's Day. So we'll take a break here now and uh, we'll have some snacks and uh, a little bit of a time of fellowship. And then after that, Phil will share a little bit and we'll open it up to uh, the rest of you to share your thoughts about your fathers or your thoughts on fatherhood. So um, you're dismissed for a few minutes here for a little bit of a time of fellowship. Father, see how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. And such we are. Do you know how many people live in a world today who don't, in their hearts, share that relationship back with God as their Father? They may see God as someone to be feared, who lives up in the heavenlies, who's on a throne, who's controlling, has some form of control over their lives, who, you know, causes things to happen or not to happen to them. But they don't, they don't have a relationship of a daddy. God wants that relationship. In Romans chapter 8, it's the second passage that I've been pondering all week long. Romans chapter 8. Now this chapter begins at the end of chapter 7. And if you read through Romans chapter 7, you know how it goes, right? Those of you who are familiar with your Bibles, it 
talks about the struggle with sin and my failure to win. And Paul ends up in verse 24, one of the last verses, saying, Oh, wretched man that I am. You ever felt like a wretch? Anybody felt like a wretch? Me too. And you knew you were an absolute wretch. Well, Paul did too. He can relate to us. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death, meaning this sin which leads to death? And he says, oh, I know somebody. And I can give him thanks. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Exclamation. Our Lord, Jesus Christ, can deliver me from this body of death. And then chapter 8, he continues. Therefore, because of this, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And he continues to expound on this. Those who do not walk according to the flesh, that means your flesh doesn't rule your soul any longer. Your body and your flesh, this sin that longs to pull at you and tempts you, doesn't rule you. Christ has delivered you from being a slave to the flesh. How did he do that? There's only one way. There's only one way that you and I can be delivered from this slavery, and that's through the power of adoption. That's it. There's no other way. To become like Jesus, you must enter into into the relationship that Jesus had with God. And Jesus was unashamed in saying, He's my Father. He's my Father. And I know Him. And I do what He tells me to do. I have this intimate, close relationship with my dad. He's my best friend. And no one could separate him from the Father's love. Well, they tried. And when he said he's from God was his father, they said, don't we say, well, you have a devil and you're crazy? Well, the world will tell you that too. Your own mind might tell you that. But when you're adopted, the judge has declared it so. And it becomes a legal right that now you have and I have entered into this relationship with God. He actually is my dad. Is God your dad? For real. Is he your daddy? In chapter 8, verse 13. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery. You're not a slave anymore. We've all been slaves to our flesh. We were born slaves. But the one thing that can set us free is the act of adoption. God's love coming to us and saying, you're a slave to your flesh, but I would like to adopt you to be my child. 
What will you say? Did you like that? That's what God is offering to every human being who has ever lived on the face of the earth. This is what Jesus came to do. To make this act of adoption a real possibility, a real act. And offer it freely. It will cost you nothing. He pays it all. And I know. I, I've done this act of adoption as, as an earthly dad a couple of times. And it's completely free to the child. It costs me everything. And as a dad, as an adoptive dad, I stand in front of you to declare to you that is the greatest joy I could ever experience. Ever. There is no greater joy than to adopt a person and I become their daddy. If you think there's a greater joy and you haven't been adopted yet and you think The child is happy. The dad has the greater joy. This reality is real with our Father in heaven. His joy of adopting you and me as his children is the joy of his very heart. It is the joy of his heart. Have you entered into that joy? If you've been adopted, You have all his joy. Jesus said that the night he was to be crucified and make this act a legal right to all of God's people, to all people. He said, my joy I give to you. My joy. What kind of joy did he have? This joy. Or you have not received a spirit, verse 15, of slavery leading to fear again. But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Greek word is, Daddy, Daddy. The Spirit Himself bears witness with my spirit, with our spirit, that we are children of God. I love the word, In John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, it tells us that Jesus, as I shared with you, he gave us this right. John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God even to those who believe in his name. He's given us this right to be his children, to call him daddy. Not just to believe it and to pretend it's real, but to live in that reality. He actually is my dad. And the third thing that happens with this adoption in the act of him adopting me as his family, is found here later on in Romans chapter 8. He does life with us. He gives us his life. 
Look at verse 17. And if children, if this is the case, now you're a child, then you become an heir also. Heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us or the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. God adopts you not to make you his slave, but to set you free from slavery. From the devil, your flesh, other people in this world, sin, all of these things that want to enslave us we now get the inheritance that Christ Jesus himself got from his father. No more a slave, but a son. No more a slave, but a son. And the third scripture to talk about this and declare it to us is found in Galatians. And it's all through the scriptures, but Galatians is one of the places where the Holy Spirit is speaking to a church the people of God, that had this happen to them. But as they were God's children, they began to look for things to, maybe they were insecure. I'm not sure what happened in their relationship with God, but something happened that they began to look for evidences of adoption in their life. They wanted a confirmation, earthly confirmations. And so they began to say, well, you see it in Galatians chapter 3. They began to turn back to things of the law. Verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Wow, that's a pretty strong word. Have you ever been witched? I've never went to a witch. I have my fortune told. Because my parents as a young child have always warned me, stay away from those places. Don't go there. But as I grew up and was adopted, I never had a need to go there. I don't not go to a witch anymore to, for someone to tell my future because I'm scared. I used to be like that. But I'm not anymore. Since I've been adopted into God's family, I have no need of a witch. I have no need of someone to tell me my future. I have someone who tells me my future. Jesus! My Father in heaven is constantly telling me of my inheritance that he's laid up for me in the future. First Corinthians tells us in chapter 1, your eye hasn't seen and your ear haven't heard the wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love him. But there's someone who will tell you. The Holy Spirit, he comes. And he reveals the deep things in the heart of God to his children. You don't have any need of a witch anymore. 
These guys, apparently, somebody had bewitched them with this false lie. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified, this is the only thing that I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by your flesh? And here's what they were trying to do. They were trying to now begin to do outward things to please God instead of to please Him through the obedience of faith. Romans, the chapter, the book, the letter that is written to the church at Rome begins in chapter 1 with this declaration. The obedience of faith. And in chapter 16, he ends the whole gospel story and declares to us, this is it. The whole story is this story. The obedience of faith. That's that's it. That should be my life story at the end of every day and at the end of my life. Lord, I just obeyed you in faith. That's it. There's nothing else to declare. And you saved me by faith. By your grace. You adopted me into your family. And I became, as Peter says, as obedient children not conforming yourself again to the lusts of the flesh like the rest of the world, but we've become obedient children. That's my story of His grace. Is that your story? That's all God wants from us. He has come to give us the legal right to become His children. And as long as time stands, God is offering to every human soul this glorious opportunity to be adopted from slavery to idols, to your flesh, to the world, to sin. The freedom of being adopted to become his child. His best friend. His child. Heirs of the grace of life that Jesus has. With, his, with the Father. All eternal life. As you walk here on the earth. And as you live forever with him. That. Is the glorious message. Of Father's Day. That's the celebration. All of us. Who have been adopted. Get to celebrate. Our Father's love. In closing. For my time, I'm not a poet by any means, but sometimes the Lord, in special occasions, just sits me down and I become a little poetic. I'm going to read to you some of the ponderings that the Lord has put on my heart this morning as I sat in my father's living room and celebrated his fatherhood over my life. I'm crying happy tears. What being a father means to me. To be a father is any young man's dream. 
as his life develops in his later teens. To be loved by your dad and be a dad seems to be all that life has to be had. Long before the sixth day of creation, God had a son in whom was his delight. So when he created man and woman, sharing this relation was the heart of his might. Being a father is a risky business, an investment of love over which you lose control. Yet God's love for his children, whom he gave a free will, makes this risk worth dying for. A father's love cannot be described, though it be tried by every scribe. A love so faithful and true, it fulfills every heart with purpose anew. A father's love has eternal rewards. In God's word, so we are told, from the seed of conception to the day of redemption, this kind of love makes everything new. Today we live in a world full of sin where our natural fathers have failed. A lack of this love leaves us empty within, desperate to be loved and be hailed. Longing for love, we wander from place to place until at last we seek God's face. As we turn our longing hearts above, He fills every need of a Father's love. Jesus came to show us this way. He lived and died and rose again to lift our hearts from dismay. Forgiveness of our sins is only the start of this blessed love from his heart. Now adopted as children of God, we live and love as we walk on his side. His steadfast love and word of grace leads us to our eternal place. Today, as a dad of three boys, one is with the Lord forever free from his broken body that just wouldn't work to a world that is new and there are no quirks. The other two boys still have their toys. And cause me to rhyme all the time. They know it's true. I try to rhyme all the time. The other two boys still have their toys and cause me to rhyme all the time. Since my heart is a constant chime, with the love of Christ and so many joys. If every rhyme would cost me a dime, I would be a poor rich man in time. Today I live in the joy of my dad, living to make his heart glad. His love is forever and his I am. To be his forever 
and never be sad. This little rhyme comes to you today from the grateful heart of a glad dad. Phil, for sharing those words on fatherhood, what it means to be a father, and what it means to be a son. So, now's your time. If you have anything to share about being a father, or about your father. Um, Dad, for working for us, and uh, teaching me to follow God through uh, and have a great relationship with him, and I want to thank him for loving me. Uh, in your, uh, there's some that could get book, get book, uh, song books. There's a song, uh, called Father, I Adore You. But before we sing that, with permission from Brother Phil, um, I would like to share something about my dad, God rest his soul. And that is, when we were growing up, my dad didn't believe in God, but he taught us God's principles. And God is amazing. He is a father, and, and also, too, our parents, in this case, our dads, they do love. Uh, sometimes we don't understand as children, but they do love, and because they don't give us everything we want. In fact, they do us a favor not doing, giving everything that we want. Uh, and the same with God. He is our Father. He knows what's best for us. It's just too bad we don't have trust and faith in him that he does know what's best. If you don't mind, turn uh, get the songbooks, page 53. I don't know if all you guys know this, but it's called Father, I Adore You. It goes like this. Father, we adore you. Lay our life before you. How we love you. Page 53. Jesus, we adore you. Lay my lives before you. How we love you. Spirit, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How I love you.
bless you. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Um, I just wanted to share, and I'm going to share about both parents today because I didn't share on Mother's Day. But I'm going to go back even a little further because, and I'm going to reread the verse that Anthony gave us, one of them. It says, um, okay, okay. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant. And for whatever reason, God gave me a wonderful heritage. And I don't deserve it. (laughs) But all I could do in my life is just be thankful for that and say, Lord, you are so good to me. Um, There's a history of missionaries and pastors in my ancestors. Um, My parents were Christians, and I grew up in a great home. It wasn't perfect. (laughs) No one's perfect. And I had to work out a few things in my life concerning some dynamics in the family. But there was love there, and I received so much. And I began to even understand even more as time went on in my life. And I worked in France for a long time. And I met so many people there who grew up in very hard situations very hard. And all I could say was, Lord, you gave me so much. I need to be responsible and give all that I can to others. Um, Because some of them don't have any idea (laughs) of what a loving family can be like. And just to give you one example, there was, I, I didn't work with this person, but I heard about it, but a young man whose parents would, when he did something bad, they would put him in a room downstairs, lock the door, And then they would come, they would open the door, shove his food inside, and lock the door again. And he would sometimes stay in there for several days at a time. And then I worked with a woman who was born illegitimately, and all her mother did her whole life growing up was remind her of that, and the family members reminded her of that. And one time we were praying, and I just said to her, I said, you know, I just had kind of a or kind of a little vision in my head of a little teddy bear. Does that mean anything to you? And she said, well, no. And she said, well, in fact, then she went on to say, and she started getting tears in her eyes, and she said, I never had any toys when I was little. She never had any little teddy bears or toys. (laughs) So I thought, well, that was of the Lord, because he showed me uh, the kind, and it helped her to realize, too, what she had missed in her childhood. And I worked with her for a long time. But there was such a need. Um, around me of people who had grown up in such dysfunctioning families. And I was just, I just kept being so thankful to the Lord for what he had given me. And I just want to thank today, again, (laughs) the Lord for my parents and grandparents. And I still miss, I lost my mom a number of years ago. And I lost my dad more recently, so I think of him a little more often. I lost him six years ago, and I still get tears in my eyes. But um, I just want to thank the Lord for his faithfulness. And whatever he gives us, I think we are responsible for, we're even more responsible for him to give to others in, in thanks to what he's given us. So, so thank you, Lord, for my parents and all that you've given me. Thank you, Lil. Anyone else? Thank you, Phil and 
John and everybody for sharing already. That poem was really amazing. I know it was from God. Isn't it wonderful when we know God is speaking to us like that, heart to heart? But uh, thinking of Father, I'm thinking of my earthly father. Every time I um, get a, eat a glazed donut, I don't think it's failed yet, that I don't think of my earthly father. And I'll tell you a story real quick. When I was about in second grade in school, uh, we were waiting on the bus there, and I seen these older kids over at the soda machine trying to get money out of the soda machine. They were up and down, up and down. And I guess every once in a while, a quarter or something dropped out. And I thought, well, I'm going to try that too. So the next opportunity I had, I went to that soda machine, and I got a dime out of there. And I had this dime the whole day in school, and I was so grateful. It was a shiny dime, and, and uh, somehow Dad found out about it, and he looked at me and said, that's, that's not yours. You're going to have to give that back. And it was so precious. I said, well, I can't. I mean, it's, I, I found it. It was mine. No, you got out of the soft drink machine. That's not yours. Okay, I'll take it back. Give it to me. So... I had to give it to Dad, and he took it back to the store there in Georgetown near the crossroad. I know exactly where it was. He went in there, and uh, of course, we knew these people. We just lived out of town there, and uh, he late came up to the counter and said, Hey, uh, my son got a dime out of the software machine. Oh, he said, Amos. My dad's name was Amos. Oh, you could keep it. That's all right. No, he said, that's not that's not his. He's going to have to give it back. So, okay. Well, Amos, he said, wait a little bit. I want to give you something for this. And, and he came back at the counter and had a glazed donut. <laughs> but, <clears throat> you know, I was about eight, probably seven years old. I never forgot it to this day. And uh, so that's some of the good memories I have my my. Uh, earthly father, very honest. And uh, 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 we worked together through the years and got older. He thought, taught me how to throw a curveball. He loves sports. And uh, so in the last few years, I was able to show Brandon how to throw a curveball. Isn't that a great, it's just a great feeling when you can throw a curveball. And uh, it's sort of fun in life to do things like that. But anyhow, that's some of the fun things Dad taught me, and, and now I could sort of pass it on. But uh, my dad, when he was older, he was almost 60 years old, got a brain tumor, only had six months to live, and that was a sad time. So I spent a lot of time back and forth with my dad, and the last one of the last times I uh, was able to be with my dad, when I went to go, he reached out his hand, gave me goodbye, but was different this time. He would not let me go. He just bolted on my hand. And I see, man, this is a struggle for dad to really be willing to give up this life. And I said, dad, just look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And he started crying. And I'm hoping that's, I hope he's seen Jesus. Uh, we were brought up in a very traditional home where, you know, we just do the best we can. And and do certain things, and uh, Jesus was never really talked much about, but I uh, tried, we tried as a family to show him it's through Jesus Christ we could be saved. 
And anyhow, uh, so it was a few years before that, not long, that we found the Lord. And it was so precious. But it was really hard on Dad. And some of his brothers felt that maybe this brain tumor came, came about because of our desire to follow the Lord rather than the traditions of man. And, uh, but anyhow, um, we found Jesus. And I remember one time I wrote my dad and told him about it and wrote about, uh, at the end I put uh, your son John. And when I wrote that, it just touched my heart so much. But I realized all of a sudden then that I actually love my heavenly father more than my earthly father. And I never forget that. That feeling within me, I was willing to follow my heavenly father. And to this day, I'm so thankful for my heavenly father that he's brought us, brought me this far. And now I'm almost 10 years older than my dad was. I'm almost 70. And it's amazing how time flies. I just remember, you know, holding his hand when I was like Benny's age and running alongside trying to keep up with his big steps. And I was just going for it. And, and now he's gone and now I'm at his place and uh, soon we'll be gone. It's true. Life is short. <laughs> but thankful for my father and my heavenly father. John. Anyone else? I just one up everybody else. Um, this morning I was thinking about dad and I was trying to fill out your card. And I was trying to think of what to exactly say in there. And all of a sudden, uh, the Lord brought this passage to mind. First uh, Corinthians 3, verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one of us has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone works, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. But, Dad, I often, when I look at you, I, you got a sturdy foundation. You're not very tall. But I, in basketball, when I was dating Saretta or first married, you would bump and plow me all over the place, backing up into me in every which different way. And your foundation was always very solid. Um, but not just, <laughs> exactly, but not just uh, physically, but spiritually, I've always felt like you, you may have, you may have changed over the years, but whatever you were, you did it all. You did it 110%. If you were a Mennonite, you were the best of Mennonites. Um, 
Pharisee, you weren't one. But um, if you were, whatever you did, you did it. You did it with everything you were, and you stood on it solid until that changed. And then we were all just supposed to change with you just that fast too. But um, but you always stood solid in that. And I I believe you built a foundation that we can build upon, in a foundation that we can of Christ. You weren't building your own foundation, but you were building upon the foundation of Christ. And we can continue to build on that. And I hope that that is what years to come down the road people remember you by is a foundation of a choice to follow Christ. Like you said, you were saying in your own testimony, but you chose to follow Christ. And I hope that's what people remember you by. And that your children and your grandchildren follow Christ even as you did. Um, Something else God has been showing me, we, we learn a lot from being dads. And um, something else I feel like God is showing me, I, I live a busy life. For those that know me very well, I work a lot. And for the most part, I enjoy work. But at the same time, I'm always exhausted and I'm always tired and running from way early in the morning to late in the evening or whatever I got to do. But yet, as my boys get older and they become better and better friends of mine, I start wondering, I don't seem to get my time with them. And so, but God was speaking to me the other day. I, well, yesterday I was kind of chiding the boys jokingly at the supper table last night. I like to remind them of things sometimes. We all sat down at the supper table, and I thanked them all for coming out to the shop and working with me so diligently so that we could all spend time together. None of them showed up at the shop yesterday. <laughs> Other than Abe. Abe showed up. Preston did later. Um, I was jokingly trying to tell them that I wanted him in the shop. And then Brandon told me, he said, well, Dad, all you got to do is ask. I said, well, and I, I was thinking to myself how true of what I am as a son of God. How many times do I say God, where God sits there and goes, why didn't you come spend time with me? Why didn't you just be with me today in your time? You had all that extra time while driving. Where were you? I was there. Where were you? Sometimes I feel like that. I understand a little bit more of the heart of God when I desire my sons to come spend time with me. And yet, am I willing in that same thing to go to God and spend time with him? Or is he sitting there going, Carrie, you're just like your own boys. I'm not trying to slight my boys it doesn't need to be something where he asks. If Jesus would audibly say, Carrie, come spend time with me, boy, can you imagine how quick I'd jump and go run to my closet or do whatever to be there with him? Because he asked. But how much more does my heart sing when they come and spend time with me and I didn't even have to say it? Just the desire of my boys to want to be where dad is, doing what dad is doing, being a part of his life. How much more is my heavenly father looking at me in the exact same way going, I want that from you. I can learn so many lessons from being a dad. I know, Phil, you can testify to this too. Or probably everyone that is a dad here can. But this is one lesson that I think God is pressing on me, is time, a desire to be with him, a relationship in that same thing. My boys are getting older, and it's it's fun. It's all, I mean, I have some of the best times with them, right? Um, not only my boys, my three adopted boys too. Um, but 
just that time that we get to spend together, be together. It's a lot of fun. Best friends. That's the way it should be. And I want God to be able to say that of me. Best friends with me. Thank you, Carrie. Sarada? Um, I feel like you, Lel, I don't understand why I got so, or the only reason that I know that I am so blessed to have grown up in such a wonderful home is because um, God has God has people that he wants me to pour into um, and to love because I always feel the same way. Um, we were so loved and so valued in our home, and Jesus was um, also loved. And always my first memories of waking up in the morning was Dad sitting at the table reading his Bible and not just doing it as a, you know, this is what I have to do every day, but being so excited about what he was reading. He was always like, oh, you got to hear this verse. And he would share the verse that he was reading, and he talked about it, and he would talk about it throughout the day. I'd hear him to different people and stuff talking about that same verse that he had read. And um, so it wasn't a dead religion to uh, my parents. It was real, and they were willing to give their lives for the gospel because of what God did in their lives. And thank you so much. I thank my Heavenly Father um, for calling you out of um, that religion and into a relationship with Him. And, yeah, just the unconditional love that you showed to me, Dad, I think has given me so much security. Um, and and then, it I mean, it doesn't just make my relationship with Jesus that easy, necessarily. Um, but through the years, he has shown himself so faithful, too, in his unconditional love that no matter what I do, I can never earn his love. Um, and he's still working that out in my heart. And I thank God so much for being a good father um, to me and for Carrie for growing, learning and growing and um, your humility as a father um, blesses me so much and just the sacrifices that you're willing to make for our boys and your determination to teach them that um, they have to work hard in life. You don't give them whatever they want. <laughs> you're a good father to them. I'm just so grateful for the men that God has put in my life and I'm excited to see yeah what all God has in store for us thank you Sarah all right um last night I told Jay that I said do you mind if I don't say anything tomorrow in church because I know they'll probably open it up. And I feel pressure and whatever. I mean, I did when I was thinking about it last night, but just sitting here. And then I also told him, I tell you what, I'll say something next year when I see you actually, like, flesh it out <laughs> and be a dad. 
But I was thinking about it then um, later, well, this morning, actually, and I was like, I have already seen him be a dad and just the way that he cares for me um, uh, when my back hurts or my feet are swollen or um, and how excited he is um, for this baby and um, just the way he provides and cares for this baby already. Um, and I'm so excited to see him with our boy or girl. Um, and I also wanted to, yeah, just want to honor him in that and also honor my dad. I don't have my dad with me um, this year. It's two years now since he's passed away. Um, and but we were talking about it earlier, Jason and I, and um, I... In some ways, I don't, I, I've been surprised by not feeling as sad as I thought I would just with Father's Day and not having my dad here. Um, but my dad was sick for a lot of the last years of his life and just in a lot of pain. So in some ways, it's been a celebration of knowing that he's home and um, not suffering anymore. My dad wasn't perfect, but I know that he loved us, and he taught us about God, and so many things. I I still, so many times throughout um, just the days, think of different things that he would have said, how to do, how to do it, how to fix this, how to take care of this, um, just so wise, like in, in a practical way, but um, more than that, in his own way, he, he taught us about God, who God was. And I'm so thankful for that. And so, yeah, I'm going to honor the, the fathers that I have in my life. Thank you, Laurie. Anyone else? I just want to thank my dad for helping me when I'm in troubles and helping me walk in the right way with in my spiritual and physical worlds and that he protects me and tells me what I'm doing wrong if I'm doing wrong and if and encourages me when I do something right and just want to say happy Father's Day. Dear Dad, thank you for being my friend, praying for me, and listening to me. Have a wonderful Father's Day, and I hope you have a great day. Love you. Love from Michael. I wanted to do my verse. I always keep forgetting it at church when I'm going to um, sing kids' songs. Rejoice in the Lord for always. And again, I say rejoice. Good job, Lexi. Do you have a good dad? Did you wish him happy Father's Day? All right. Anyone else? I'm just so thankful to be surrounded with um, 
so much love. Uh, Christ's love and my dad's love. My father-in-law, who is also a very loving dad. And my husband. And I just thank God for, for godly men that are willing to stand up and share the love of Christ by their example. And so I'm just um, so thankful that Christ makes such a difference in our lives. It doesn't matter what age, if we're young or older, but when we hear the call and follow the Lord, he can fill our hearts with more love than we can imagine and more love than we can share. And so I just want to praise him this morning for my dad and and my father-in-law and also for my husband. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up here unless somebody else has something yet. Last call. I just want to thank my dad for caring about me and not just thinking that I'm a dumb little kid and for actually letting me do something. Got shy after all. All right. I think that will conclude our service. So let's all stand and we'll close with a prayer. Thank you all for sharing. Thank you for being here. And and, uh, have a blessed uh, rest of the day with your families, fathers, however the Lord uh, leads you today. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this day that you have blessed us with, this time we've had together here, and especially thinking about our fathers, and most of all, you as a heavenly father, I thank you for your faithfulness and for your love to each of us as your children. I pray that we would walk in that love and and we would be faithful to you in all that we do. We thank you and praise you for who you are and what you will do. Yes, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you're dismissed.